devil a tag team We keep a black and blue theme My guy be Shawn Michaels too is Mario Gennetti Too many secrets like Hetty But keeps me in the mix like spaghetti Speeding through life, Mario and Dreddy Fast but steady, I walk the danger zone Folks want to dead me I knew it wasn't my hood But it was no other way to get home I did want you to be a tag team There is a fly In my room The minute I catch it and it's only hanging out in the room. Like if I go in the kitchen, then come in the kitchen. Only in the room. When I catch this fly, and this mother, this person keeps texting me, I'm gonna fix them too. I'm gonna kill it. That's okay. It's all good. Anyways, this is. Is this the first time all year? I don't remember the last time I did a match of the month, to be honest with you. I don't remember. Is it the first time? Someone tell me. Someone tell me. Is it the first time this year? Or when when, when was the last time? I do not remember. But this is your first match of the month in a very long time. Let's just say that. It is I see things a little differently. It is... Um, I gave myself an idea a couple days ago, a couple, a couple shows ago, excuse me. Um, as of this recording, it was a couple days ago. <laughs> but um, I was thinking about bringing it back, and you guys have been asking me if I was going to bring it back. And I honestly hadn't given it too much thought because I've been overloaded with content. I actually recorded uh, a three, uh, I actually recorded one part of a three-part series I've been put out at some point in time this year when things slow down on the Wednesday show. But I was looking at the schedule. I don't think things are going to really slow down too much on the Wednesday show. I have a lot. I have like a bunch of shows already recorded for the Wednesday show. So that's just there. Then this week we've had Forbidden Door last week. We have Money in the Bank this week. So it's just been an interesting ride. So I've just been kind of enjoying it. You know, like I said, like I said before, I remember when I first started the Wednesday shows, it was rough. It was like nine, ten minute shows, which we still have, but it's like full. It's actually talking about something. It doesn't feel like I'm stretching it out. Um, and sometimes you, and sometimes you just don't have much to say, you know. So that's why sometimes I just stop doing those type of shows because like I don't really have much. I don't have an opinion on, it, you know, which is I know surprising. But anyways, um, this one is Taz versus Triple H in two thousand. You had the ECW champion in Taz versus the WWE champion Triple H. This match was not special. Let's get that out of the way. It's only the match of the month because of the story attached to it. So let's get this out the way. And I brought this up because of the whole hook thing that happened with him and Jungle Boy and Jungle Boy going heel. So essentially, here's what, here's what we're talking about. In 1999, ECW was doing pretty good for for what they would be. I think 99 was their peak. Peak. Taz was the, the face. <clears throat> excuse me, the face of their company, and he was the ECW champion. And Taz was their man. And Taz was built up for years. Um, it, with Taz, what happened was it started off as the Taz Maniac. That's a real thing. And he was teaming. Uh, I can't remember who he was teaming. I think he was teaming with Tommy Dreamer. 
and when he broke his neck, he suffered a spike pile driver. Apparently, he walked into, this is according to Tommy Dreamer, he walked into the uh, emergency room with neck pain. And uh, they sat him down, and then, like, the nurse came back to him and said, hey, uh, how'd you get here? And Taz said, I walked. So she said, how, it's not possible. And Dreamer said, yeah, you, you, I walked with him. Well, you have a broken neck. You need to be laying down. Um, and that put him out of action for a while. But then when he came back, he had a whole new look because he had like the halfway hair down uh, and half shaved head before the injury. When he came back, he had the shaved head, goatee, um, wasn't doing wasn't as animated, more badass look, more um, MMA look. And he came back suplexing. That's uh, how he became the human suplex machine. I'm doing air quotes there. You can see me doing air quotes. And... Um, it was a whole new task. And they built him up. And what they built at first, it wasn't him chasing the world championship. It was him feuding with Sabu. These two had a blood feud. Lights went out. These two were face-to-face. When these two would go face-to-face, I remember one moment in particular. Lights went out. Lights back on. Sabu's in the middle of the ring. The crowd went crazy. And Taz is like holding his hand, gripping his hands. Like, I'm ready to kill this guy. And right before they're about to link up, the lights go off again. And they had this match that was pretty good. And they went all over the arena. They beat each other up. Taz ended up putting in the Taz mission. Uh, Sabu did not tap out. Sabu passed out. And he won that match, won the feud. And then that was the, the eventual build to the world championship. But with Taz, they went the, the very much the old school route. He had to get the middleweight championship first, which was a TV championship, then go to heavyweight championship. So let's, let's just start there. He went, he won the TV title. Mind you, Shane Douglas is the world champion during most of this, this run. So he gets the TV championship, and he was off and on feuding with everybody. And he had his classic feud with Bam Bam Bigelow, where he had to, uh, Bigelow in the Taz mission. He's on his back. Obviously, Bigelow is a much bigger man than Taz. And that's the famous moment where Bam Bam sends them both underneath the ring or through the ring. Bigelow uh, crawls out of the, the hole, pulls Taz out, covers him. Bigelow wins the TV championship from Taz. That was a loss for Taz. A lot of people don't know. Do you know, uh, uh, to me, that's a sign of a good moment. You don't even know who won the fucking match. Like, when people think of that Rikishi spot where Rikishi's on top of the steel cage at this big mf where he was, and he jumps off and he lands on Val Venus, he had just lost that match. That was after the match. Where Val Venus, I think, retained the Intercontinental Championship or won it. I think he retained it, though. Anyways, um, so that was Taz losing the, the championship. So now he's ascending still. He lost to he's ascending. And nowadays, you guys, as newer fans, if you're newer fans, a lot of you guys are, because I know you guys tell me all the time, you guys don't, have not seen much of that, honestly. Like, it was very rare for someone to not win the middleweight championship in, the, in like the early, late 80s, early 90s. Like, Hogan never had to have the Intercontinental Championship because he, he was the face of the company. Like, Undertaker never held the Intercontinental Championship. 
You know, but people like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, they had to get to that middleweight championship because they were essentially the air quotes workhorses. So you had that title, you had your matches, you probably stole the show. You know, people might not have been coming to see you in particular, but they were happy you were on the card, you know. And so that was just that was a riot passage for so many people, you know. Even Diesel. Diesel's a former Air Cottonell champion. And he won the Air Cottonell Championship Tag Team Champ. I think Diesel and Kev, I think Nash and uh Punk, I think this this still might be accurate, are the only people to win in three hundred and sixty five days. Not in like a calendar year, but within three hundred and sixty five days, I believe the only people in WWE history to win a heavyweight championship a mid-title championship and a tag team championship, I believe it's only Punk and, and Nash. Think about those. Think about, think about how crazy that is. Punk won the World Heavyweight title, the big gold belt. He had won the Intercontinental Championship and the tag team championships in 365. Nash at first won the Intercontinental Championship, and then him and Shawn Michaels won the tag team championships. He lost those, then won the WWE Championship. Um, so yeah. Anyways, the point of it is that those mid cartels used to mean a lot more than they mean now. So that's why when you guys hear older fans saying, uh, "I'm glad Gunther's making this title mean something," that's why. So anyways, so now he's going after um, Shane Douglas, and Shane Douglas was in a group at the time called Triple Threat, and Shane Douglas was hurt, and and Taz is doing his best to try to go Shane Douglas into a championship match. It's not happening. So that's how the FTW title even got created because he was the uncrowned champion. And Shane Douglas wasn't giving him a shot at the title. And skipping past, all of a sudden, Taz gets his championship match, wins it. It was no doubt. So he's dominating. And they, I don't... I can't. I've watched a lot of ECW documentaries. I don't remember them ever saying they had a plan outside Taz. They, did, I don't think they actually knew who was going to be the next person to beat Taz. Well, Taz has said that he didn't. He didn't know what was next, but he knew he felt stale. He was main eventing pay per views. He was sorry, something was on my team. Main eventing pay per views. He was living his dream, and he just kept feeling empty. So Vince McMahon and the WWE came calling. And this was a huge thing because he was the first big ECW defection that was ECW homegrown. Right after him came the Dudley Boys. Or right before him were the Dudley Boys, actually. Dudley Boys were before him. And then it was Taz. But losing Taz, Dudley Boys were part of the Dudley family. But they were nowhere near as big as Taz was to ECW. That was the last blow for ECW, in my opinion. Um... Anyways, so then you have his debut, massive debut. He defeats the undefeated Kurt Angle via knockout. And then after that, he was just floundering. He floundered the rest of his time in WWE. But there was one moment, and let me rewind a little more. How he even lost the world championship in ECW was in a triple threat elimination match where he was the first man pinned. And it was a shocker. Everyone knew he was leaving, but 
but they didn't think he was going to leave like that. Like, they had him be the first one eliminated. He, he was crying on the stage. They gave him his, uh, the entire ECW group came out, uh, locker room came out. He was crying. Good moment. Mike Awesome won the championship. Well, Taz is in WCW now. Taz is in WWE now, excuse me. Well, according to many people, Mike Awesome has said, hey, you know, when am I getting paid? <clears throat> excuse me, when am I getting paid? And at that time, that's when the whole payment thing was happening or lack there of payment happening. And <clears throat> uh, Awesome went to WCW. And he was still in the contract with WWE. ECW, excuse me. And he showed up to beat up Kevin Nash while he was still the ECW heavyweight champion. And Paul Heyman called Vincent Man for a favor. And they had to do it was a lot of politicking because lawsuits galore and I think Eric Bischoff wanted him, Mike Awesome, to throw the EC <coughs> excuse me, the ECW championship in the Trash, much like he had Medusa do. Well, lawsuits happened. Things had to be worked out to where there was a a, a show, an ECW show, where for the first time ever and only time ever, Mike Awesome has signed a contract somehow with WCW. This, this is what kind of blows my mind about contracts. When people say it's ironclad, nothing is ironclad in any contract, I feel like sometimes. Unless you just don't have a proper lawyer. Because if he had a contract with ECW, which I'm sure is pretty featherweight, then he signs a contract with WCW. And there's clearly an option to eventually get some money out of WCW. Which is why, they, which is why this was the, 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 the solution for the problem. Then I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But either way, there was a show where Mike Austin was defending... The, w, the ECW championship, so many fucking letters, sorry. He was defending the ECW championship. And in the middle of the match, he retained it. And in the middle of the match, no, no, he was beat, he beat up Tommy Dreamer. And all of a sudden, Taz came out. So now you have ECW wrestler Tommy Dreamer in the ring. Contracted wrestler. WWE contracted wrestler Taz coming out. WCW contracted wrestler Mike Awesome coming out, who, by the way, is the ECW Heavyweight Champion. Taz comes out, uh, puts him in a Taz mission, beats him in all of 10 seconds. Mike Awesome goes through the crowd because he didn't want to go into the ECW locker room. Back to WCW, and Taz then ends up having the, the ECW Championship. Dreamer celebrated, whatever. So all of a sudden, Dream, I think Taz had to build for like two weeks, and the following Thursday after he won, this is when SmackDown was still on Thursdays, he, he fought Triple H. Triple H was defending the WWE Heavyweight Championship against Taz. For reasons. And even Vince McMahon has said on camera, Vince has said on camera, that he didn't really, like, he thought he was doing ECW a favor, but actually didn't do them a favor by what he did in this match. So eventually, uh, they're having a match. Taz has Triple H in the Taz mission. Referee's knocked out. Dreamer comes out, nails Taz by mistake. He tries to say Triple H, but nails Taz with a steel chair. Uh, Triple H then hits Tri Dreamer with a pedigree, hits Taz with a pedigree, and, def and defeats the ECW champion. Vince McMahon has said on camera, and I've seen it multiple times, yeah, I didn't really 
like, yeah, I don't think I did them any favors. He was like, that wasn't on purpose. I just thought, it was, I thought at the time, these are his words, I thought at the time it was a good look for them to even be challenging for my title because obviously his title is the most important one. And his opinion, which is, it's his company, right? But he says that didn't really do any favors to him. So here's the thing. Let's go back here. As I said, the, the match is an afterthought. The match was what it was. Um, by him even taking the phone call from Heyman, which we all, all knew he had a, uh, a relationship with behind doors, was one, changing or helping. Two, allowing his contracted wrestler to show up at his event, helping. I don't. I, I think, honestly, what he could have done and in, in, in fairness to them, if you could just say, hey, why didn't Dreamer just win? Dreamer has been on record as saying anytime he won a title, he was always pissed off. He always wanted to go his entire career without winning titles. And if you look at his history in ECW, not the WWE version, but the uh, regular ECW version, he never did win a title unless someone left. When the Dudley Boys left, him and Raven won the tag team championships. Taz left, he won the ECW Heavyweight Championship. He didn't hold on to his titles for very long. Which was by design because Dreamer never wanted to have a title. Dreamer's own rules for his own career. But those things did help. I just think the ego event was the thing that said, well, it's helping him by him even being in the ring with our world champion. I guess. But as I said, the story, as I told you guys last week, the story alone for this thing is just a whole fucking mess. But yes, at one point in time, the ECW champion, when it was still ECW, was on SmackDown fighting for the WWE championship. So, I just thought that would be a cool story. Um, and once I talked about it, I was like, oh, wow, actually, that, that whole story fits. And I want to get kind of back to more of the story versions of these things instead of just like the... Just talking about the matches, because I do feel like you guys enjoy hearing the stories and the behind-the-scenes stuff more. So, that's your match of the month. Taz versus uh, Triple H for the WWE Championship. ECW Champion versus the WWE Champion. The first and only time ever. So, there you go. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I'll talk to you guys on Monday and Wednesday. This is Slow Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently, and we are out.